<laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. On goes Paul. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. What a goal! Chaotic governing, an interim seemingly out of their depths, and a and cultists wanting an old leader to return despite how things ended for the first time. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. Joining me today, I've got Gully and Stu. Let's did get you, right into talk. Rich, sorry, oh, did you just Rich. compare Bruno Large to Boris, basically? Oh. No, I compared Nuno to Boris. And Nuno to Boris, N- okay. Yeah, Nuno to Boris and Bruno to Liz Trust. Because Nuno has a cult. No, no, no. Sorry, no. Like apologies. No, it, it was it was Steve Davis to um Steve Davis. To, yeah, so Steve Davis is to trust what Nuno is to Boris. He's yeah. um he's got sellers in your ear confusing you with things at the minute. I think so. <laughs> well, well, I was going to say seemingly. I don't know where Scott Sellers fits into uh fits into this analogy. He's probably it's like nineteen twenty two. It's the World um, Economic Forum, eh? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's the yeah economic research group or, or, or any of those lobbies. ERG, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. See, seemingly, evil. I feel like we're evil. Ones, I feel like we're <laughs> out, out of out of our depths, like trying to um trying to pick apart my cold open. Um, but are, are we just doing this so we don't have to talk about the game? Because <laughs> no, uh, we want to talk about the game. Let, we want let's get into it. You know, let, let's get into the, the meat, the veg, the two gravy and everything in between. A big shout out to everyone who's joining us uh, live um, on YouTube. Um, I can see we've already got a lot of comments. We'll try and get through as many as possible. Let's get right into it, guys, because uh, I wanted to be optimistic. And it, the writing was in the stars. I thought, Leicester haven't done well at all away from home all season. Um, we've had a couple of positive highlights in the last um, few games as well under Steve Davis. And it did start so well, too, um, in the first opening eight minutes. But let's just talk team selection. Um, I mean, it, it's all wonderful in hindsight. Um, but a couple of changes from midweek um, again for the defeat against Crystal Palace. Um First and foremost, Martino coming back in for Babacu Traore. A bit disappointing considering I thought he gave a really good account of himself for what was essentially an hour at Selhurst Park, uh, Gully. Yeah, I think we all, um, well, I mean, I know we did a Twitter Spaces uh, this morning. Um, proper overload of fancast content for you today, ladies and gents. Um, really capitalising on a, cr- a crisis, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> We're nothing if not opportunists. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you um, got paid. Oh no, just imagine. Um, yeah, I think we all insisted on Triore playing just because uh, that extra dimension he gives us with his mobility, uh, snapping into the tackle. And um, just, I guess, simply for the fact that Matinho hasn't really done a fat lot uh, for us this season either. Um, I mean, as it transpired, he wouldn't do a fat lot for us in the game today. And uh, that was that was disappointing. I did like the comment there that you, you shared, Johnny, for better protection. Um, which um, famous last words 
as as you, as you say. Uh, but I, I thought Samedo was harshly um, dropped anyway, uh, as much as there was a lapse in concentration, especially on the winning goal against Palace. I think in pretty much every one-on-one against Zahar, I backed him to, to come out on top. And he did when he was running at him. Um, and I think Harvey Barnes would have had a much tougher time of it if Samedo had started uh, in this game. And um, lo and behold, it didn't quite go to plan on that front. Not quite. And I, I agree with you around um, Samedo, who uh, he, he did have a poor second half, but first half in particular, I say he, he kept Zaha in his back pocket. It was only second half when Zaha started picking the ball up deeper or more inside was when it kind of really caused a few more issues. And yeah, exactly. it, 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 even I guess the first goal was almost inadvertently because of that, because they switch positions and Eze then comes up out on the left and, I guess, tweaks it. But, Stu, I know in your nihilistic self, you're going to say, it didn't matter anyway because they're all crap. Um, Frontline, though, uh, again, you, you've got, po- you essentially had your front line of Adama, uh, Costa, Podents. Were you always optimistic or no. optimistic <laughs> I mean, everyone knows that I wasn't optimistic. I mean, I, I even put Twitter out glorious as soon as I saw it because it was just, I'm just sick of it at this point anyway. Um, but I mean, I, I'm going to completely agree with what Gully said, though. I mean, that though we're not, we put it in the, I put it in the group and he said, well, Samado's done nothing wrong apart from not running. That's, that's all he didn't do. He did one thing at Palace where he didn't track his runner. And Johnny's been wank all season long anyway. But oh no, because of how he's been for the last three years. Oh, it doesn't matter. And then look what's happened today. He was pathetic. <laughs> and I think someone else mentioned it in the, in the group as well about the, um, because indeed he wasn't there, so we wouldn't need Bukar Traore. Well, again, that failed as well. <laughs> and it's like just the basic things. I mean, you have rewarded Bueno with a start, which is good mm. because he played really well at Palace. Um, but Bubakar Traore had, had something different. And there's no point talking about the front three because they're all, we've done it to death. And I said this morning, I wanted Jim Campbell to have a go and he came on and obviously the game has gone by then. So we can, we haven't seen him at his best again with any kind of, any kind of chance, but it's just baffling every week. It's just baffling. And if normal people like us can see, why can't they see and he was on a hiding to nothing from the very start. Just lost for words. Well, I was going to say, you say we're hiding for nothing from the very start. I did think for the opening eight minutes, which is a very specific time frame I appreciate <laughs> in football. Usually it's 45. For half an hour, I'll allow a 22.5 minutes, quarters, whatever. Eight minutes. I don't think I've seen genuinely a side as poor as Leicester. I couldn't work out whether it was just Leicester were poor because I'd given away the ball really sloppily um, in parts or whether we just came out for gates at full speed because we did create like about two or three decent chances in the opening um, in the opening eight minutes. And I think particularly the, the Costa one where, you know, it was a fantastic little bit of movement to, to open things up. Um, if we can, so say, I, I, I'm trying to be positive, guys. I'm not going to lie. I am trying to be positive, but but I did have a glimmer of hope. And I think I even tweeted about a minute before um, Johnny then gives away a free kick. You know, we need to capitalise on this early pressure because it seemed like we we were doing the right things. Yeah, again, same as we were against uh, Palace, I guess. 
I mean, it's, it's exactly what we asked for this morning, wasn't it? When we were saying about how um, how do you get the fans on side, and we were saying, well, just go out at the blocks, full pelt, and you'll get people behind you, and you'll get the fans on your side. And that shot from Costa, I mean, both of them, he's and Pedenzi's similar kind of position. <laughs> you wouldn't expect him to score when Pedenzi later on, obviously. You wouldn't expect him to score from there, but it's better than we have been having. Um, but again, it comes to it that, we have one setback. I mean, a ridiculous setback, and it, the whole thing just goes completely to pot. Like they're so mentally fragile that they can't fix something. That's, I mean, that's a wonder goal. It's you can't legislate for that. Obviously, giving away the free kick in the first place. But up until that point, it looked like there was some kind of plan. And it, I mean, weirdly enough, it was the plan exactly on Sellers' uh, little board <laughs> in the stand. But we'll come to that after. But yeah. It, it's clearly a mental problem because you are right, Rich. The way we started was like how we started on Tuesday. And then you have think, one setback and it all goes to pot. I think when you look at specific scenarios, I remember Neves putting in maybe two free kicks early on, which we'd won. Mm. Uh, bad deliveries, got headed out. We won a couple of corners in that time as well. And all scenarios where there were opportunities to get shots off. Um, Obviously, as kind of dribble out for for goal kicks, <laughs> get deflected, get blocked. Exactly the same thing happens at the other end at the first opportunity, and Yuri Tiedemann sticks it in the top corner. Um, which I mean, it was a ridiculous strike. You, you, like you say, you can't legislate for that. Um, well, but it was just a microcosm of where our attacking talents are sitting, and there's as much as Leicester are a bad team out of possession, and they were wobbly right at the start of that game. And a good team takes advantage of that. A good team goes one look. Um, we aren't really a good team at the moment. And I think you just saw, though, that a Brendan Rodgers side will consistently have confidence in their attacking players and as just are bereft of it. Because we've generally been a negative team over the years, you know, the last mm. couple especially, I think now, it, now the onus is on our attackers to really set the tempo, set the tone for games, it's almost like they're in a slightly different um, kind of mindset. And maybe we're not used to that. Brendan Rodgers' teams will always be attacking teams. That's that's how it's always going to be. They're designed to get the most out of their forward players. We haven't been for, for the longest time, really. And we're, 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 we're now we're looking to them to really kind of pull us out of a hole, and they can't do it. Um, and Tielemans pulled his team out of a hole because they were in one. They weren't, they weren't doing very well at all. Um, and while it was just an absolute screamer, it, it, it was a bit telling, I think. Don't get me wrong. Fantastic strike. And I, I'm pretty sure we might have said in the preview section for last show, you know, this game's going to come down to either a bit of magic from Neves or a bit of magic from Madison, I guess, slash Tillmans. Brilliant strike. Not quite sure what Matinho's doing at the near post on the initial free kick. I think it's Matinho anyway, because he then heads it basically back across goal. I'm sure it's Matinho. Oh, God, I don't know. You have a go about that. He whipped it in with a I, bit of pace, didn't he? Just, I, mean, and, and I think a good team clears that straight away. And I, you can't take anything. Like, there's nothing like you can. Yeah, I bet there'll be somebody somewhere um, who'll say, oh, we didn't close down Tillman's quick enough. Where, yeah. I, I, no, no. I mean, he, he's belted yeah, it yeah. in top corner. But again, just 
you just knew as soon as that goal went in, we're just going to roll over. And it was just going to be another, I guess, similar against Paris where we conceded again. Like, go, well, that's it on the cards. Um, which I think was kind of telling around the stadium for me as well. It just didn't kind of have the same, I, I guess, oh, I, I, it's going to kill me to say this. I guess under Nuno, in particularly those first couple of seasons when when we go concede first, it would al- we'd almost be offended mm. by it. Whereas now it's kind of it feels like we've just put a mountain in front of a pla- in front of those players to uh, go out there and pull something back. Um, which again, it, it is really frustrating. But again, we never looked awful going forwards we just don't kind of know how to score which is the point of going forwards which which is kind of one of the main things you need to do in football but um i mean we've mentioned johnny a couple of times and i think it was most apparent for the second goal with with harvey barnes who always needs to be called harvey barnes that's the rules yeah um again really frustrating frustrating goal for us to concede in my opinion I think the, the big my biggest issue with this goal is that I've seen Harvey Barnes do it a number of times. If you yeah. watch his goal in the week against Leeds, it's a one-two. I don't know if it's Jusby Hall that he plays it with, um, but it's a one-two into that channel and then he slots it past the keeper. Exactly the same fashion. You should be spotting that kind of stuff. That should be a, look, guys, just be wary of this because it's going to be... The way I've never really seen Harvey Barnes actually beat his man in a one-on-one, and I, I didn't really back him to. He's not that kind of player, and yeah. um, but what he is do he will do is he's quick off the mark, he's clever, gets into goal-scoring positions in a lot of ways, and um, showed what it takes for a wide forward to actually, you know, take advantage of those situations. Jewsbury Hall, I thought to be honest, was really really good. Um, mm. He kept floating out into that left-hand channel. Rolling his man, he, he was he was pretty combative and showed quite a bit of quality. To be fair, and considering he's only really been a Premier League player for probably about eighteen months now, I think um, he's decent. And you know, we could do with a player like him, really. I saw um, I saw a Leicester fan walking up the slope between the uni buildings with Dewsbury Hall twenty two on his back. And I thought that's a, that's a kind of kind of you're either really quirky or you're a super fan or you're family. And I couldn't really work out which one he was. But it's, yeah, you are right. He's, he seems to have come out of nowhere, but he never does anything wrong. It was actually, um, it was a tribute to the actual place, Dewsbury Hall, wasn't it? That's what <laughs> it was. Yeah. He, got, he got it as a, as a souvenir. Oh, well, on, on the 22nd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it just sort of, I find it kind of bonkers in a way, because it just sort of seemed like he appeared from nowhere last season essentially and now he's a you know very much first choice one but he's 24 like he had a load of loan spells i think qpr blackpool with a few few different clubs he's only um, had two it's, it's only been two loan spells Black, yeah. blackpool and um luton and oh, well, luton, was it, yeah. yeah and vote were only over of course about 18 months or so um or two seasons it's but hey if you, if you got good players and you keep them around and you play them you'd have thought it um, the kind of Ronan paradox. Yeah, <laughs> who I, I I didn't manage to get um, a screenshot, but I did see because um, he wasn't on the bench, was he? Um, I saw him walking around the bench in his in his full his tra- uh, hoodie and, and tracksuit bottoms. Um, but 
You just wonder what on earth is going on there. I, yeah. I did just see him having, I saw him just having a coffee. And I, I just, <laughs> found, I just, found, just like on, on the little bench that they have next to it. Um, I to say big shout out to everyone in the comments, especially to um, Paul, um, 2011, who's a, quite consistent listener and uh, watcher. Uh, must be bad if Rich has hit the ball. I said this pre-recording, but I feel like I'm slowly turning into Stu with more nihilistic views. And the fact I now drink during podcast recordings um, is is a getting to be a telling sign uh, for me. But this is, I feel like I'm just going to do my beer of the week at this point. But um, I've gone for the Slopian Brewery Darwin's Original, of which my screen's blurred so you can't see it. But... I'm I'm just avoiding talking about the game, aren't I? Um, because the next thing I want to talk about, I guess, we'll talk chances. Because, again, even at 2-0 down, we were still creating impotence. Had a shot with his left foot, which was clean. It wasn't a scuffer. And it was like, of all days for Danny Ward to actually, you know, turn up and do his day job. <laughs> had to be today, didn't it? I mean... How many, how many times have we slated him and took the piss out of him all season long and then he, he does nothing wrong whatsoever all game. But again, I, I don't think it was one of them where it was, he's pulled one out of the top corner, has he? It's a it's a comfortable save for him. Um, but again, it is strangely on target, which is what we've, what we've been asking for. But oh, it's... I mean, it, oh, there's nothing left to say. Is how we, we scored... How many goals have we scored all season long? We can't keep saying these players are good because they're not. And wasn't there one where Nunes went through as well and pulled the save out of him? I don't know if he got flagged offside or not. Um, yeah, yeah, he was way was, offside. Was he? Okay. Yeah. Um but there's a few times when Adama went down as well, and the usual Adama Trailrace thing of he was <laughs> a decent ball into the box could have caused absolute chaos because there was actually people in the box and he scuffed it and it hit the near post and with the new man. And it all went wrong. But it's the same old story that we, when we do get chances like that, it's always at the keeper. And you look at, like we just talked about, Harvey Barnes, slotted it straight through Sars' legs. Perfect. Whereas Pedence, obviously with not scoring many goals, snatched at it. Easy say to make. It's, I don't know where I mean, the answer is there. We, I mean, we kind of circled it and it came out end of the game and, I do like a good XG stat. I don't know how much I always buy buy into them sometimes, but um, XG philosophy had us down as 1.8 versus 1.06 to Leicester, which is quite staggering. Um, I guess when you kind of account you know, take into account two of Leicester's goals for outside the box, and I know Andy Powell in the uh, in the YouTube comments said sort of four chances, four goals, chat over, loads of chances and no goals. Um, and it, it, it's really difficult because when you, I guess, go off a numbers game, and to be fair, you look at all the other stats, I think we had more shots on target from them, we had more possession, um, and more corners as well. I think if you just went off the, the box scores, as it were, you go, oh, Wolves were really unlucky, but I, I don't know whether it's the, the, the emotional side, emotion side of it, in football, but I can't quite justify it because we conceded yeah. four four goals. Yeah, I, there's always there's always going to be that because that one point eight five is a cumulative, you know, number that's that's 
added up a host of pretty low XG chances. Basically, it's it's what apart aside from like you say, Pedence's one uh, where where you, which you really recall as a as a good opportunity. There's a couple of kind of weak headers in into the box uh, after crosses into the box and stuff, and um, a few long distance shots and things. Really, could you say that we opened them up into glaring opportunities? Considering how open Leicester were, as well, like le- this is this wasn't a Leicester that was sat on the edge of their box, you know, stopping us playing for the majority of the game. I, don't, I think I still think they're a bad team out of possession. That's why they concede so many goals, um, and we still weren't able to work good opportunities against them. That's the most disappointing thing. We can get shots away. I think you know we're we're, pretty, we're one of the most prolific teams at getting shots from outside the box last season. I think um, so. That's not an issue. You know, you look at Leicester as a team, notorious for conceded goals off set pieces. We actually made first contact on quite a lot of those set pieces. Didn't really register a, a proper effort um, to, to worry Danny Ward. I think there was maybe a near post flick on from Collins. I think Costa had one off a corner as well. But nothing to really make a team that shits themselves at the prospect of a corner or a free kick um, to really concern it themselves over it. So, again read what you can into the numbers and i know i use data as a bit of a tool to to kind of embed my thoughts and feelings about games on stuff but it's not really a reflection of the game i don't think yeah it won't yeah. like um it won't like the classic southampton six nil where we actually were the better side and we got lo- unlucky with them scoring six goals from seven shots or wherever it was this was i mean if leicester really wanted it they could have just gone at us I mean, that's the, that's the worrying thing about it it was so comfortable for them that they restricted they Leicester restricted um, our actual chances to shots outside the box and kind of half chances that we were never going to score from. And like like Curly's just said, this is a team who are shit at defending. And for them to do that to us, I mean, I, I sent the same thing to my my bottle mate uh, Boothy, and you know, oh, so you weren't that bad then? I went, well, that's the thing. You look at that, and we were. We at no point in that game did I think we were going to score a goal. And that's not just no. because we don't score goals anyway. It's just because we didn't look threatening. Regardless of how well we played up until the final third, as per usual, I don't have any con- have any confidence that anything was going to go in at any point of the game. So if you're doing that and then you lose four, <laughs> they score four out of five, it's, to me, it seems a fair result. <laughs> and I don't, I, it doesn't really make any sense, but that's how it feels. I don't think it's a 4 0. It wasn't a 4 0 game. No. Wasn't it? Nah, I don't think it was a 4 0. Nah. It was shit, <laughs> but it wasn't a 4. It wasn't a 4. Nah. That's going to be great. I might throw that out to the Twitter polls. Because I think I. Leave, I know it till mo- leave it till tomorrow morning just to get some yeah. more. Every, everyone's, yeah. Don't roll anyone up let, anymore. Let, no, we'll let the dust settle. Well, Wild Up's got settlers enough today. Um. That's not going to stop, is it? No. As I say, we'll, 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 talk, we'll talk about um, old Selsey in a bit. Um, should we talk about the defending? Because I think, particularly for the, uh, I was going to say, for the second goal, you've got an individual error from Johnny, but for defending for the third goal and the fourth, it was a proper heads drop moment mm. in terms of, you know, these are players. And, Bar Bueno, because we've seen him play for all of 180 minutes in a senior team. Like these are solid defenders, and no, don't don't get me wrong, Kilman and Collins aren't in great form, 
but they're better than this, surely. I mean, the third one, I'll, I mean, I had to watch it again just before we came on, um, just to remind myself exactly what happened. But there's all this revisionist. I mean, we know what's going to happen. It's all going to be old Cody and whatever. But we saw Cody do that quite a lot <laughs> over the last few years, yeah. exactly what Collins did today. Um, but again, like I tweeted out, Fairfox to him, he was the only one. He 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 came away from the centre circle and acknowledged the Steve and the, uh, the North Bank as well with his hand in the air, apologising, which is all you can really ask for. And he's come out and he's spoke about how shit everything was. Which I mean, again, you can ask for more than that, Stu. You can ask for a performance. Like, I, well, I, uh, I, 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 I don't mind. Steps. That, no, I don't, I don't mind people apologising after the fact. But if you, if you, if you're on the pitch and able to do something about it, I, it doesn't really mean a fat lot to me. If you ask. No, that's that. what I mean. This, this seems for him, like Richard. This seems like for a one-off before the witch hunt starts, because I think I thought he was fine at Palace. Um, and he hasn't been the same since his suspension. Because before then, I thought he was superb, like we all did. But it just seems it seems like one of them mentally again. What, what are they doing? What are they doing as a defensive unit? I mean, chopping and changing Johnny and Samada all the time is not going to help. We no. all know that, and that yeah. that's beyond ridiculous at this point. Um, Ainuri for Bueno again. It seemed like for like, and Bueno's he's had a torrid time today, but he hasn't done anything wrong really when he's been put under pressure. He hasn't, he didn't go forward as much, but I don't think he was allowed to really. He had no, and when he did have the chance, there was no one around to pass the fucking ball to anyway. So I think with Collins, yeah, he's at fault for the third. Definitely. The fourth is just, I mean, you, you could throw a blanket over all of them and say, well, that's all of your fault. Yeah. Pretty much. I, I mean, I think if if you are going to pick out individual, I thought Kilman was really bad in possession today. Like really bad. Yeah. Well, he gave the ball away for I want to set for one of the goals where for it was just like it was for, for the fourth, and then he stepped out. Yeah. He, he stepped the wrong way to block out the cross as well. And again, I think that's arguably one of the worst performances I've seen in the Max Kilman in two years. And again, it's just not a player we're almost accustomed to seeing make these shoddy errors. Mm. It's not something you associate with either in terms of, you say, misplaced passes and, and, and things like that as well, which is which is deeply frustrating. I know um, I, I wanted to sort of make a made note about in terms of players at the end because I, I'm trying to work out where I sit in terms of whether fans, should, you know, players should come over and clap fans and things like that and make a big deal about it. I have got a lot of respect for Collins, who was at fault for a goal, a defensive player, etc., coming over and, and facing it. With was it him, Neves, and um, the two kids, and, and it's, yeah, two two kids essentially. And I I do find that frustrating. And one of my big things, and we we had a comment um, on Twitter from Bradders saying, does the decision by all by four of the squad to walk down the tunnel without acknowledgement for fans says everything we need to know about their mindset right now. And the thing that not triggered me, I guess, is Steve Davis is a Wolves fan. There's a big thing about him being a Wolves fan. And it is very much synonymous with him as interim head coach. I'm not saying he needs to, you know, that, that, Arsenal all or nothing you know I fucking love this club and whatever but him more than quite literally any other manager we've had in modern history 
can empathise with how thing, how fans are doing at the moment, in my opinion. And look, it's easy for us to pick out scapegoats and things like that. And if if all of the players and the coaching staff had gone over to the South Bank and gone over to the North Bank, it wouldn't have made a blind bit of difference to the results, and it won't make make a blind bit of difference to the next game either, will it? But do you think it would have done anything if more of those senior players had fronted up, so to speak? It just, it just, just. I know, like what Gully said, I'd rather not make mistakes in regards to Collins. But I think it just gets people off their back for a little bit. And what, what does it? I know, obviously, everyone's embarrassed and humiliated. And we sat there and, and what the pure sods who stayed and watched till the end. Um, we sat through that that performance, and yeah, we don't expect to be acknowledged and whatever. But I think it would go a long way just to even like what he did. It just he, what difference does it make? It took him five minutes just to walk around with his hand up saying, "Yeah, sorry." So we all know it, it makes no difference in the long run. Yeah, but it's the gesture of it, and it takes yeah, a bit of pressure okay. off them for next week. So I don't think I, I'm, I'm not saying it from the perspective of I'd, I'd rather him not make mistakes. I understand mate, mistakes will happen. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's more the case that it's more the case that. And I'll use an example from today's game specifically. Um, Diego Costa went and absolutely ploughed into Valfas, I think, in the first half. <laughs> turned around, screamed at Nunes, as if to say, like, look, we need to get into these. Like, we need to get into their faces. Try and provoke a reaction out of our players. It's the whole, it's the whole Roy Keane meme of where he's like, you know what? I might just smash into someone just to kind of feel something. And it, it's it's right. It's like, you know what? You've got a crowd on your back. Yeah. And you, we all know what it's like when Molyneux is toxic. And it, and it was reaching levels today. It wasn't quite as bad as I think it could be. But, but that's... You know, no, do they? It's like you said, no, don't, don't, but, but, but if, you, if you want to provoke a positive reaction, your football's not going right. Your touch is off. You know, it, things aren't quite going for you in an attacking sense. You're not creating chances. All that sort of shit. To an extent, I can understand it. What you cannot accept is if there's a 50-50 in there or a 60-40 in their favour even, yeah, not going in full-blooded, bang, and getting something out of the crowd that will back you at home. This is your territory. The fans will respond to that and they will look positively upon that. Someone like Collins, yeah, has every right without, you know, take a yellow card. I don't give a shit about that. Freaking go in there and make sure that centre-forward cannot get hold of the ball without knowing that a centre-off is up his ass. You know, a central midfielder, knowing that he's in a battle with someone on the opposition team. I can't recall Neves, Nunes and Matinho really making a tackle today. I don't know. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. So, you know, it's, it's little shit like that. They're in, the, they're in the battleground. They're in the engine room of the game. That's where... Especially against a team like Leicester, again, they're not a good team. They're they're a fragile team themselves. They're soft as shit, really. Especially without Ndidi in there. Get into them. That's the kind of stuff I want to see. I don't want to see people holding their hands up, walking around the pitch going, sorry, lads, you know, maybe next week. Yeah, but when they haven't done that, it's the least they could do. I mean, what you, what you just said about, I mean, you're describing a certain type of manager there, got I mean, we'll get onto that later. But um, <laughs> it's exactly... I mean, from a it, real British man manager... With a fight, exactly. <laughs> Put, Gully's putting himself in the frame now. Um, <laughs> I think what you said about the tackle thing. Uh, in my mind, the first person who put a good tackle in was Bubakar Traore when he came on. 
Well, that's um, his game. That's why yeah. he should have started the game, though. This is why we know exactly, we know exactly. exactly why he should have started the game. Yeah. And in a game like this, which is what we said at the start, it was absolutely ridiculous that Matinho started yet again and he didn't. Yeah, I mean, we we talked um, on Tuesday about the lack of fitness levels in this squad going into this season and the fact we're so many games in and we are still looking sluggish. It feels like Matinho is someone who is really... He's, he's shown his age this year in a way that even last season, it, it wasn't quite there. Um, it, it, that, that's more worrying. But when you've, when you've got a player like Traore, who is doing the right thing, then I don't... You know, I, I found it really frustrating. They say, like, the difference it makes. And you're right, Gully, completely agree with you. You just want to... It's like you want to see that passion sometimes compared what what was the reaction last week eight days ago to um Joe Hodge yeah 90th minute he was not gonna let that man pass he was he was happily gonna take that yellow card and um you know take one for the team as it were but uh frustrating we, we talked um levels of toxicity around Molyneux I guess the the lovely anger meter I found on YouTube. <laughs> um it, it is it, you know calm, frustrating, angry, furious. I guess how did you both find it today? I mean, personally or in the stands, because personally I just I couldn't care less. <laughs> I'm at that point now where it's just got it's gonna ruin my entire life again if I if I let it get to me because it's so obvious. But I don't think like what we were talking about last week, about oh, they haven't seen Marlon New Toxic. And for journalists and whatever saying, oh, it was toxic today because they haven't seen these journalists haven't seen this Marlon New as we know it. That today was not anywhere near what it could be. And I never thought it would be because it hasn't been like that since, like I said this morning, it hasn't been like that since we came back from the COVID break. Bro, I don't know if it does it step up again. Does it get worse than today? Because it seems you had the chance about sellers, but then it kind of died down. And I thought there'd be like, I thought it'd be like sickening booze at the end, but it was just kind of mooted and kind of okay. But it I, was I it, maybe there is there is a, a group of Wolves fans that have kind of entered the the sphere over the past four or five years, only known success really, you know. Um, the yeah, last yeah. time I can properly recall genuine vitriol was probably the Burnley game at home uh, when, we, uh, when yeah. we went down to League One. I mean, it's you're talking you're coming up to ten years since that happened, are we? Almost. It's you know it's Probably. it's been a while, and maybe it's simmering underneath, and maybe we've had it too good recent times to actually feel as angry as we could do. I for one feel like if this gets any worse this is the biggest opportunity we wasted in generations bottom line so we almost should be more angry about it in the sense that this is the greatest group of players that we've had uh you know since well i've been a fan since you guys have probably been on, fans. on paper on paper well, no but yeah but you you know exactly what i mean by that yeah the talent is all there the talent is totally there and for that not to be harnessed in the right way is is a crime Bottom line. Um, and then, you know, you're talking 
I, I mean, Arsenal's the last home game before the World Cup break. Mm-hmm. Is, is it the the official last, the last game? Yeah. It is the yeah, last, it's game. last game, yeah. Quarter to eight. If you look at Brentford going badly, you look at Brighton going badly and Arsenal going badly, that we could send the club out on a on a pretty bad footing into into that break I mean, and make our feelings own. That that, if, that that feels like potentially an opportunity to really hammer home a message if you were going to do it, yeah. I mean, the fact that it is quarter to eight as well and people could have potentially been drinking for 11, 12 hours, it could, I mean, the place could burn to the ground. I love how it, that's it, where it, your mindset goes. Well, you've got to think of these things, you? logistics and everything. But yeah, I think you're right because we got the we got the Leeds Carabao Cup game before Arsenal, which no one's going to care about now. Um, but yeah, that's for, for some goals and, and, a, and a run out for the kids and, and all that kind of stuff. Though. Oh, can you can you imagine if we play the under 23s? <laughs> Chem Campbell's definitely starting that game. You just know it, don't you? Yeah, but he probably starts at left back in there. <laughs> God. What I will say though is the players are fortunate that there is a lightning rod for the vitriol at the moment, and we all know who that is. Yeah, they're getting away with it to an extent in that sense. Well, that's probably a good time to take a break because afterwards we're going to talk a bit about Steve Davis, um, basic beam manager until 2023, which sounds a lot longer (laughs) than it technically is. Um, We're going to talk about that man, Scott Sellers. And have a few questions from Twitter Corner. We'll be back in just a quick minute, everyone. See you in a second. Hi all, Gully from Wolves Fancast here. And just like all of you long-suffering Wolves fans, I know exactly what it feels like to be lacking a creative spark here. Some outside-of-the-box thinking there. But our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media, are here to help. They're a creative agency that cover all of your web design, branding and marketing needs with our very own WolvesFanCast.com, a fine example of their work. So much so that I hear Jeff Shee is looking to do a deal this summer. For now, it's back to the team to ask just where the Diogo Jota money has gone. We may have just had our answer. Hello, welcome back everybody. So... It kind of got caught up in between shows, I guess, but it has been announced that um, basically Bulls aren't going to hire a new manager until the World Cup break thereafter. Um, I'm not saying Wolves have made the incorrect decision by, you know, delaying the inevitable, um, especially considering, I guess, the struggles Villa might be potentially facing at the same time in terms of recruiting a manager. But it, it it's a shit show in it, lads. Is the easiest way I can describe it. Um, I've got nothing against Steve Davis personally, and I'm sure he is a must be a, a a very qualified and highly regarded coach. But it's not really a great reflection on the club, is it? That they've managed to ship the bed on this. I mean, it's it's literally the same as what we did last time. Is it? It's. It's to, at least Terry Connor clipboard mark two. That's it's beyond well, ridiculous. Do you, reckon, do you reckon Davis is calling Bruno with the with the um, team tactics decisions and, and conversations? Yeah, 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 we brought you naughty boy. You know he ain't calling Bruno. <laughs> it's not when he's got the Scott dog on speed dial. I mean, we we, we know where the clipboard is. He it's just a, a tactics manual now that's up in the uh, director's box in the Billy Wright. 
I thought they stuck it in the museum, to be honest. Oh, I actually asked them. Next, That's next a different story. He's cracked one, do you think? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how can you break your hand punching a tactics board? I mean, come on. Um, but at least we'd, we'd have some I mean, fights. I'm sure, I feel like it's more of a wall that broke his hand rather than the, the board itself. <laughs> we do round in the inevitable again. Yeah. It's stupid. It's a stupid, fucking stupid decision. No, no common sensible club would give a youth team manager six Premier League games. Full stop. You say, oh, he's the interim manager until we get someone else in. That's what you do. But no, not Wolves. Oh, he's our manager till 2023. It doesn't matter. That's that's just the way it is. And you think, okay, the World Cup break, you understand. That makes some kind of sense. It gives them, what, seven, eight weeks Maybe certain people die in that time when we get a new manager. With. But it's 2023. That means what are they going to be doing through the World Cup other than watching the World Cup on telly? Because he doesn't <laughs> think they've got a fucking clue what they're doing. <laughs> How can you? You know what I mean? Though? How? In what world does it make any sense when you've got? A Do you actually break? think they're just going to be sitting there with like their wall chart, like filling it in? On the... <laughs> <laughs> Would you put it past them at this point because they've got? All that time Jeff, when they're literally doing Jeff is call. Sellers going got got need with their panini sticker up. <laughs> <laughs> you can get them to them uh, got got need t-shirts. I've got a blue one with all the uh, the different things on. But you know what I mean though. It's like the club. He's not playing football games during the World Cup. It's we're doing nothing at all. So in that time, unless you are like, like someone mentioned this morning on the on the Twitter spaces, you're waiting for like the Mexico manager to be sacked to appoint him. Then what are we doing? What are we playing at? It doesn't make any sense at all. I, it hadn't quite occurred to me, but I know that they said 2023, but I kind of took that as just after the World Cup. But we're back on Boxing Day and we're playing on New Year's Eve as yeah. well, aren't we? So That's at least six games. He's got extra, extra games. I, say, I, am now I am now slightly panicking. They did say until 2023, <laughs> didn't they? Yeah. They could have said... Until you know, we're not making a decision until after a World Cup break, which I think is bonkers because even if you don't take into account the QPR game, because at that point, it's been a long week in Wolves, let's be honest, because I think at the time of the Palace game, we were quite strongly linked with Michael Beale. We had 12 hours of that before that dropped off and then it was, yeah, we're sticking with Davo. Even if you take out the Palace loss and today's loss, we could have still done with a new manager. Those results don't change anything. Even the Forest manager didn't change anything. The fact that well, we still need stability. You say, you say it doesn't change anything. I think because there are very distinct parallels we can draw right now with another club across the Midlands who are in exactly the same boat as us. Um, Tell you and, what, you did, know, you, did you hear, did you hear about a crack in um, a defensive midfielder today? Apparently done all right. Stormer on his full debut. Uh, yeah. Standing yeah. ovation. Fully. in his actual my, position. I was, I was chatting to my brother-in-law today and he's, he's a Villa fan. And um, I said to him, I highly doubt Leander Dendok had got a single standing ovation in any of his fix, of his uh, performances at Molyneux, um, which is amazing, to be honest. But I don't even remember him getting subbed off. Yeah, you know what? If he played, he, he tended to just play out, didn't he? Because yeah. he was Forrest Gump and uh, he was <laughs> But um, like I say, 
beating around the bush between comparing the two clubs. Both clubs are basically in exactly the same boat right now. Interim manager, failing squad of talented players, um, both in the market for someone new. Now, on a day where you you might have you might be in the same market for the same kind of managers. Obviously, names like Ruben Amarim have been thrown around related to both clubs. If you see two prospective Premier League jobs, you're, you're being touted for both, and you see one team has won 4-0 and one team has lost 4-0, basically all you're really working on is what kind of group of players you're going to be potentially working with. What performance and result is going to entice you mo- most? It's not even a question, really, is it? Now, as much as giving Davis the job until you know the World Cup break... Had some, I, I think it, I, I'll give it more credit than probably you would, Stu, just in the sense that. No, no, I, no, I agree with up to the World Cup break. I agree because yeah. it made sense because he gives them thinking time. But it's afterwards, which is. I, I just don't think Davis commands the respect of the group, really. And a performance like today tells me that even more. Whilst, you know, they had a couple of moments here and there, they've done a little, they've done a right first half against Palace as well. I don't think he has the the bottle to make big calls, bringing Matinho back into the team today. I know Bueno uh, started, Aitnuri was missing, wasn't he really, uh, against Palace, which gave him an easier in into the to- into the team. Chem Campbell coming on today ahead of Geddes was a crowd appeasement tactic, I think, more than anything. I don't think it was an- anything to do with whether we thought Chem Campbell should be playing the game or not. I think at that time, it was quite heavily in uh, in in kind of you know, advances towards Scott Sellers in terms of the, the 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 negative sentiment in the in the ground. So he made that sub to to kind of tone it down a little bit more than anything else. Who made the sub? Interesting uh, use of the Scott, Scott, Scott pressed the red button. <laughs> Scott pressed the check Kemp Campbell button, didn't he? <laughs> Lease Campbell. <laughs> and then everybody clapped and then everybody was fine after that, weren't they? Obviously. Um, but but ultimately I, I just know any prospective manager is going to look at those groups, two groups of players. One's turned up today for their club, for their interim manager, for their fans, and they've delivered a performance against a half-decent team as well. We were playing a shit team. You know, don't forget that. Brentford, I, I would I would never have backed Villa to get a result like that against Brentford. No. Top, you know, tough team to play against. For us to go and walk away with the exact opposite result against Leicester, she says a lot about that group, man. It says a lot. Yeah, it's yeah, worrying. Um, I mean, the the other thing that I guess broke after the Palace game that I don't think a lot of people picked up on until uh, the Wolves Potty show was around Scott Skellers, Scott Sellers' influence at the club at the moment, and there's I guess been a bit of back and forth about how much influence he has had in terms of the actual first team whether it's come from team selection to tactics to substitutions. But we love a scapegoat at Mollen, you don't, we shoot. <laughs> I mean, it's not a scapegoat when these things seem to have been happening, which is, I mean, when it first came out, when, when Liam Keane said that, that he'd been involved with substitutions and tactics and fine. And I know God he's going to say, yeah, this is, well, it's a, it's a coaching collective. They're all in, involved, wherever. But then you had the things on, on the denials that come out. And then you had a guy put on Twitter, no, he'd taken a picture of him sitting literally next to him 
well, as, as close as you can get to that to that area in the Billy Roy Tupper. Hearing him say these things, hearing him make tactical decisions, and then that's again that's debunked again. And then it comes out today, and he's got a fucking folder with the tactics in the actual game that we've just been watching drawn on like a child. I mean, even Gully does it better on here. And that's, well, you know what I mean? We, we we do this as a hobby, and that's his professional job. But he's clearly influencing tactics that, what is it? Why? It doesn't make any sense. And you either, either leave Steve Davis alone to do his job, or you, Scott Sellers, you go and sit in the dugout, or you come out and say, yes, I am part of this thing. But to do it in this kind of secret evil back, back way that he, he's going on, it's all just bizarre. And like, well, who is making the subs? Well, you had that, that chant from the South Bank. Sellers make a sub, and it's already out there now. And there's no coming back from it once that starts. So you either come out and say exactly what's going on, and not through certain journalists as well, and who may or may not work for paid sites, to say, oh, yeah, no, this is definitely not happening. It's not. But we've got evidence the other way that's saying it is. So the whole thing is just a complete farce. I mean, uh, having a temporary manager until next year is a farce in itself. If that temporary manager is actually not doing anything other than coaching the team in the week, and this guy up in, up in the clouds is making the decisions, why are we not told about it? You know what I mean? It's just, it's all too strange. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And it's just adding fuel to the fire that we don't know what the fuck we're doing. It's, uh, well, Stu's voice sounds like it's going. We could be, we could be in here. We could be all right here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think the bottom line is there's going to be involvement. Clearly, it's obvious that there is. I highly doubt it's to the extent everybody believes it is. I think everyone's taking it to the extreme that basically Sellers is running the show. I wouldn't be surprised if Davis Collins, having admitted already that they're thin on the ground in terms of numbers, want someone up in the stands to have a vantage point, have a view of the game, have that kind of wide angle view of the pitch, which is helpful. You know, sitting sideline, I think is probably one of the worst kind of viewpoints of a game. You can transmit messages, obviously, verbally, but I don't think you can actually see everything that's going on. Um, and so having that height actually helps out, but it's it's not a good look, is it? It's just not a good look. The optics are just terrible, and it's it like so you've got to, you've got to read the room a little bit. I think you know, put puts just put sellers away somewhere <laughs> in some dungeon in in the back of the Billy Wright. Let him do his work from there. I'm sure they've got a nice camera system, you know, communication system with the bench that they could use. I, I, honestly, it's just a bit daft of, in terms of a PR move from the club. I, I don't think they're, they're really understanding what's going on. What I will say, fan sentiment, I think, has been quite a, a big thing in this whole managing real scenario. The fact that Bruno got sacked after the West Ham game and not necessarily prior to that was probably because a load of shit came off the back of that game. I reckon the change in tack in terms of managerial appointment away from Portuguese names, away from um, kind of the, the, the well-trodden path that we've used previously. I reckon that was a lot to do with fans making comments about, you know, or we're going to end up with Pedro Martins or Carlos Carvalhal or whatever. Um, yeah. And I think, and 
ultimately, I wouldn't be surprised if off the back of all the shit that went on today, we made another decision to say, look, you know, we're going to look to bring a manager in next week. Rob Edwards comes walking through the door. I think that was already part of the plan anyway. And I won't be surprised if that happens. But you know, mm-hmm. it's just something like that will happen as a bit of a trigger move to say, like, look, we're... Yeah, I. it just makes me uncomfortable, man. The, the whole thing is just like... Uh, I'm, I don't know. It's, 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 I almost can't show as many of the comments because so many of them are just like, it's just clear we don't have a plan. And... Mm-hmm. What I find frustrating, and I was thinking back on this, and my reactionary comment is, Wolves have kind of made the initial right decision in most things. What they have failed to do in the majority of them is like the follow-up action to get it right. <laughs> Slight typo, but we'll take it. Sellers in the cellar. <laughs> um, it's, you know, like, yes, it was... I think we got a question for Twitter Corner about um, Nuno. Yes, it was right to get rid of Nuno when we did. It was right to get rid of Bruno. What we have struggled to do with it is, is the actual execution of bringing a new person in. And it's just not sustainable. The wheels will come off. And like, I don't think it helps that Scott Sellers has a... The, the title he's technical director rather than sporting director yeah. am i right in thinking yeah you know it it's a fairly ambiguous term it, it that's what he is it, yeah why not uh, you know it, it, it's quite hard to actually put into it uh martin will be in the comments saying Shifnal town a better run i'll agree with that um happily that's because they got uh, money though i think they're, they're quite well yeah. bankrolled i'm, I'm pretty sure say, money. yeah make make yeah. mike trying to keep some healthy um we'll we, get we, we, we'll be fine yeah i was gonna say all my answer but um, yeah, just like Bryce's like... father-in-law said sorry was a <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah he's clearly being scapegoats i understand the yeah, Scott Sellers is a qualified coach. He can clearly have a potential impact and, and things like that. But it's such a bad look on the club to just go, oh, yeah, well, we've not found a manager who can, you know, we can sign. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to do it. And you go, fucking just guys. But I think on top, on, on top of all, I think this is just... This is the final straw with him, really, in the in 2022 as a whole. Because you look at, I mean, b- before, like last year when things were going well, um, I'm talking calendar area. Um, so, so before for, like, before March then, like March time, before the wheels came off under Bruno, no one talked about Sellers. He was kind of like a joke figure, like Fellwell was before him. But then you started the, the stupid nonsense, like the first one, the Triore thing, sending <laughs> out, I mean, I don't need to talk about Triore anymore, but having a small squad and someone like that around when we don't have any other players on the wing, sending him out for free with no obligation to buy, which means he was going to come back if Barcelona didn't have him uh, permanently, which was never going to happen anyway, as we all knew. Who benefited from that? No one. Fabio Silva, loaning him out without a replacement already through the door. Farce. Cody, loan. <laughs> Four and a half million. Not even an obligation. It's like, then you're on top of that. You signed one striker in four years. Even 
two years after Raul had his injury. No, no, it doesn't matter. Look, we hadn't signed a defender until Collins and since Bolly. Oh, doesn't matter. We'll be fine. And it's like, he's this fucking technical director of this club. He's in charge of the football side of things. There's no escaping from the fact he's t- he came out in the summer in that video, in the, in the Ask Walls video, saying that he would spend money if he was allowed to and he wouldn't buy players if he didn't want them. And he said that. That's not rumour. He said that. And if your technical director's then coming out and saying, oh, just because the manager wants them, I have to be... I have to agree as well. And you think the guy's got serious... He's already on thin ground with certain fans anyway. And then you put all that into the melting pot of shitness that this season's been so far. And then this stuff comes out. And we don't sign it. I mean, Bruno asked for players earlier in the window. Didn't get them. Shock. And we got them too late, so they didn't bed in. And then Bruno got sacked. And he is in charge of all this. He's the football side of the, the business. The book stops with him. And to yeah. then to then come out with the stuff that oh no we'll put the academy kid in charge the academy guy in charge until until twenty twenty three, and then start meddling with these evil little witch hands that, oh, that I, I am in charge I am in, real in charge, it's like puppet master it's like yeah it's a puppet master Geppetto, like Howard... Geppetto. <laughs> um... there, there's the thumbnail and he's like. It's, it seems like a power trip. And obviously this is kind of exaggerated by me yeah. being up, I think. But it's a, it's one thing on top of the other. And this is the final straw for a lot of people. Stu, I will say, I think it works both ways. Kind of going back to the recruitment point that you made. We all remember, you know, talk about players like um, Tillemans and Danny Almo being suggested to Nuno and being rejected. Yeah, that know. was Thelwell, though, wasn't he? But then, okay, and then Thelwell, as another specific example, you have to question why Thelwell actually left the club in the first place. He was sim- same role as um, as Sellers is in at the moment. Left a Premier League club on the crest of a wave at a time when we were really doing well to go and take on a job in the MLS. For whatever reason, I, I well, I personally believe that was probably. Not a sideways step, but a bit of a downward step, really. He's obviously ended up getting a job back in the Premier League now with Everton. I don't think he had the conditions to work that he would have wanted to as a sporting director, based on the way Folsom work, whether it be always um, working with Mendes clients and and, and favouring them in terms of transfer moves and things like that. If you're continually being pushed in that direction and you're a sporting director doing your job, recruitment, all that kind of stuff, suggesting players, and then suddenly being told, look, We've got a similar player here. What Mendes waving his shiny catalogue at us again, as like he does, um, and, and then us going in that direction consistently, that's going to undermine you. You're going to be quite unhappy with that. Thelwell was a really good football person, I think personally. I think he's actually done a decent job by the looks of it in terms of recruitment at Everton so far this mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Um, that, that seems to be doing pretty well. Now Sellers has been promoted from within. He's part of the the furniture, the Fosun furniture, so to speak. Whether he actually has any say whatsoever on recruitment, I would be surprised. You know, you look at the signs that we brought in. The only one he could say is probably Kaladzic. Um, beyond that, obviously Geddes comes in as a, a Mendes client. Uh, Nunes comes in as a Mendes client as well. Traore was a was a bit of a bit of a kind of anomaly, I, I guess, in that extent as well. But I just think there isn't whoever sits in that position right now is on a hiding to nothing. There, there is no 
success to be had as if we continue to operate in the way that we do. Yeah, you know, but that's that doesn't go against the the whole getting rid of players thing, which is completely tapped. No, it does because I mean I know that the Sais interview as an example has come right. out today uh, about um, his departure from the club with, with talking Wolves and a lot of a lot of talk about that. The bottom line. 99% of the Wolves fan base would have been happy to see Sais go. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. 99% just... of the Wolves fan base were quite happy for Cody to go. You know, the, the, conditions, I mean, the conditions around that are just yeah. are just conditions, really, aren't they? But it's, 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 it's just, yeah. I know what you're saying because we, yeah. we said on here that we needed to move on from these players. But it's the fact that he, the undervaluing of it, when we're all, when we're constantly told we're a business and we have to make our own money, blah, 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 blah. That we have three assets, however good or bad they are, it doesn't really matter. But the Cody for four and a half million, he's sanctioned that. No one haven't sanctioned that, he's in charge of that stuff. And if he's not, then we've got even bigger problems than we think we have. Because <laughs> if they're in charge of not selling players when they need to be sold as well, uh, on top of everything else, then we really are fucked. Because when when we go down, where are these players gonna go? They're going to be shifted off to and the cartel, like someone put in the comments, just and we're going to get no money back for them because we're part of it. That, you know, that, that's that's like more that. worrying than yeah. anything. But with, we've backed ourselves into this Mendes corner with mm -hmm. so many players from that that group that, like we say, they know if they get if they ever get relegated from this from this league, they get their wages cut as a result of all the clauses that tend to happen off the back of it. They know they're out. Because that's what yeah. Mendes does. The club gets left high and dry. So if there's a message that, you know, if we if we like to believe folks and listening to some of this shit, um, fuck Mendes, get out from under his freaking armpit and start to run like a proper football club. We make our own decisions. If you want to lean on him in certain scenarios where you might be able to do us a deal and stuff like that, fine. That's absolutely fine. I've got no qualms with that. If we can get players like Mateus Nunes to come to our club because, you know, we can we can lean on him for a little bit, not a problem. But you know what? It, at this point, you're better off sticking your middle finger up at him and actually going off and 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 building a robust recruitment model and 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 starting from scratch. Like it, it's just not the well has run dry. We're not going to get anything more from that now. I mean, remember when we were told that we had five thousand players? That we were looking at. It's because we don't go down that route. We just yeah. don't. Which is basically just a football manager database. So yeah, pretty much. So are we saying Project Portugal's over then? I think. I think you know. Well, while, while they're still here, it's still running. Yeah, clearly. But um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. But it, it just this has been something that's been. It, this isn't just for summer, is it? This has been coming for a while and. Stu will happily start smirking and saying, look, we've had five shocking transfer windows where it's not been, there's not been an effort for continual improvement. And it, it just feels like we, you can argue we've not, we've tried to change this season in terms of the amount that we have invested and we have gone out and recruited, even if it is for Mendes pipeline. But as you know what one of the comments says. You know, Co Collins comes in, um, but, that, but who who do, who do we let go? And it that's, that's not that's not a, that's not a 
nah, that doesn't apply to me there. You know, he's a young player. No, but uh, but that's the thing that even in terms of like what I was saying earlier, that Fosun slash outgoings, we've actually done it right. I I wasn't disappointed that they decided to release Sace, for example, and I'm a big Sace fan. But then for us not to quite necessarily get a replacement lined up, and essentially is hoping that Toti Gomez would step up despite us never playing him. Is you can't, an blame, issue. You can't and, blame the club for that, other Bruno. It's uh, it's yeah, well, but it, 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 it's synonymous. They're one of the same. They, they, you know, they, they have to work in tandem with one another, and that clearly isn't happening. From you know, from the first team slash managerial setup to a director level slash the relationship they have with a with a third party and in Jorge Mendes there is no I, I, I completely understand what you're saying but we can't kind of just move away from Mendes because we're kind of just dipping our toe in taking a player here and there without it actually coherently helping us going forward and it just comes it, what I'm coming to is I actually don't think it's necessarily Scott Seller's fault. I think it's probably more so like Jeff She's fault, who actually needs to be coordinating these three different areas and keeping the likes of Mendes happy because he is the hand that has fed us for a healthy portion of the last five years. We obviously need to keep people internally happy and um, from a sporting technical director set up. And we also need to make sure we're keeping the, the current players happy. And seemingly, we've managed to kind of fuck up all three relationships at the moment. I mean, I, the, the, the whole thing about it that I don't get is that Fosun own part of Guest, if you not the other way around. Yeah. So uh, this whole cap in hand to Uncle George thing, it's if you own someone's company, they don't tell you how to run your business, do they? You know what I mean? It's. I mean, it's, it's, all... it's just a stake, isn't it? They don't yeah. run the whole thing. No, though, no. But... You know what I mean, though. It's yeah. all a bit odd. The whole thing's a bit odd, and like, like you said, Rich, we got they've got this kind of synergy that's just completely shattered into pieces now. Where you sign our record signing has not played one minute in his actual position, but he was man of the player of the season for Sporting last year on the left hand side of midfield, left hand side of central midfield hasn't played there once. They've tried to morph him into this 10 or some kind of Dendonka plus model that just doesn't yeah. work. Like if if you can't just get the basics right like that, then what what hope have we got? I mean, as uh, Mitch Chapman said in the comments, don't forget, we now have a record company, though. <laughs> Diversification of the market. <laughs> Look. For all for all the joking about that sort of stuff, any local artists that that do come through Wolves Records do deserve our support. So yeah, yeah hit us 100%. up. We'll happily have you on preview shows or reaction shows. Absolutely. Um, uh, you know, ne- ne- never slag off the artists, but again, there's so many easy things at the moment. It's, it, it it's fish in a barrel sometimes, isn't it? Um, you know what? Let's have a couple of questions from Twitter Corner um, and wrap this up. So. First one we have up is from Miles Music Show, a regular contributor to the show, who says, last season Spurs went all out for a manager who is a level above them. 
in Antonio Conte, and naturally this has been very effective. Can you see us doing the same process, paying a manager whatever they want instead of going for a cheap option? I mean, I don't think uh, Ahmed has uh, seen the last two Spurs performances. <laughs> <As> in, um, <laughs> it's it's sort of wheels I, it look like they're coming off a little bit, to be honest. I do not um, know what time he technically tweeted that. It might have been, I think, yeah. I think it was before midday. <laughs> I mean, on that though, I mean, you look at the thing that's coming out in the Telegraph tonight about Ruben Amarim being, there we are, um, that he's released clause, he's 10 million and not 30. And if he goes there and we have this special relationship with Portuguese players and the cabal and we don't, they haven't even tried, then we might as well just fucking close the club down. To be just... fair, I mean, look, I think the club are just waiting for the sporting fans to attack the players and staff <laughs> and then we can get them all for free. So, you know, just we still have to pay 50. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we I'll tell you what, this club... I, I, don't, I don't think we I don't think we're at the level of the Spurs, though, are we to actually be able to make that kind of call? I I, I don't think no, but the, I mean, the last manager we paid money for was Dean Saunders, so let's get everything into a bit of uh, context here. But it is right though. I mean they they have completely fucked themselves over with that stupid comment as well, saying that there's no outstanding candidate. Yeah. So King D is obviously being he's, he's head out of the head turned with that. He's not gonna come. Even he's not gonna come now. You mean what King who? King Sean Dyche. Did you call him King D? <laughs> what you're trying to manifest like phrases into the like people will well, start using I feel like I just need to find the mean girls thing, like stop trying to make fetch a thing, stop trying to make King D. I would, I, I would try to coin a new term, like, isn't it? I'd allow the king. I'd I'd, I'd, I'd almost just about Swallow that King D. Oh, yeah. You're not swallowing no King D. But you know oh, what I mean, though. Like, even even if it buys, I'm not even talking about Dodge. Just someone else who was in this realm at the minute. How? This is what that statement was. The most stupidest thing I've ever seen this club proud in its history. It just makes no sense at all. Just to rule out everyone else who's available and say, oh no, then this isn't an outstanding candidate. <laughs> so what does that mean? That no, we have, we do have to pay for someone. It's I, I don't know. Sorry. It's beyond I, help. I just thought I just thought about Sonny D and I just noticed the light shining off Steve's head. And I thought <laughs> that's where Sonny D comes from for Sean Nice, doesn't it? Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, All this is. Well, the club's gone the game's gone the fan cast has gone <laughs> right let's let's wrap up with a nice silly one from alex moore which current or former wolves player do you think could win cheeky's castle mm. i would go jota just because I, he had that weird like dribbling style where he kind of just bump into people and then like, like the ball would land at his feet but like, he's not he's not very graceful but he's effective so he kind of just like bulldozed his way through all the different tasks, wouldn't he? Hmm. Something like that. I was, yeah, I was thinking of of Costa just for the whole bathroom ram thing, but then you got the balance beams and stuff as well, ain't you? It's hard that was. Um, I have. I've very much. You know what? Dave messaged me earlier about this about how it's going to be Daichi, and I went, "Well, 
and he was back and forth and he said how's he going to be able to understand them and I said well if you go back in the fancast archive to about six years ago when I did sound like Sean Dyche for four months there is that so I, I think subconsciously I am morphing into him now <laughs> and I've got no control over it anymore was you uh, carrying a specific virus for a few months there so. no I um I, I actually knackered my voice box up and I had to go for um vocal therapy at New Cross to get it back yeah. All oh, right. But I, I'll see if I, I, I will try and dig out a fancast recording because it, it, it was just short. It was it was like peak worm eating voice. It was. Yeah, I, I had to like, ho- like proper hold just... my throat to be able yeah. to speak. It got complete up because we was this is Derby. It was Derby away on the final game of the season, yeah. wasn't it? When we got battered again, and um, I just because we were all having a bit of a laugh in the second half. And I just sang my voice away, <laughs> and then I had to go for speech therapy for four months afterwards. Oh my god! I feel like I'm slightly changed my mood when I give my answer to who'd do well to Shiki's Castle after hearing about the Stu's health problems. Um, <laughs> Matt Jarvis, we all got better, fast, agile, nimble, surprisingly strong as well. I think I think he'd do a good job, Jarvo. Fair, we'll go with that. Yeah. Anyway, um, we'll we'll wrap the show up there because I feel like we're uh, we go slightly <laughs> mad. Um, but big thank you to everyone who's tuned in live. Thank you so much for everybody in the comments. Make sure if you're watching it to like, share, and subscribe. It means the absolute world to us. Um, for your ongoing support, as always, keep up to date with all things Wolves Fancast at Wolves Fancast. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and youtube as well now they've introduced handles to keep things fun and fresh until next time though it's goodbye from gully what mendes it's goodbye from Stu. just fold the club <laughs> i thought you go go it's a fox got sellers and it's goodbye <laughs> oh yeah we, we've generally sort of lost the plot haven't we and it's goodbye from me guys we'll see you next time Thank <laughs> you.